Food safety is certainly a major health issue all throughout the year, especially in the late summer and fall. It is a concern. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, and welcome to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. My guest today is Sarah Lichten. We're going to be talking about food safety and how physicians can talk to their patients about food poisoning, food safety, suggestions, how to get through tailgating season, all the different things that occur when families are going out eating and friends are gathering together. So first of all, Sarah, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Now, you are a USDA food safety expert, and I wanted to talk a little bit about foodborne illness. I know physicians, we deal with it. We certainly see our share of issues. But if you could break down what we're talking about as far as major risk factors, what food groups seem to be most problematic for us? Well, here at FSIS, we focus on meat, poultry, and processed egg products. Now, of course, there are a lot of other things that could possibly give a patient foodborne illness, but definitely meat and poultry are big ones. You have some folks not necessarily cooking those things to the proper internal temperature, and that won't kill the bacteria, and so that's a major risk factor. And I think a lot of people see things on the news and we hear the outbreaks and things. What are the most common outbreaks that we're going to see around the country? I know there's a lot of concerns right now about beef and safety related to beef. We get these E. coli issues. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, you just named it. E. coli is one of the big ones. Salmonella is another one. Basically, any of those common household names that you hear, those would be the most common. When we talk about going out, having salads and different types of foods, potato salad and those things, obviously we know barbecue season, you have to be careful, you have to refrigerate. But it seems year after year, people still have problems, and often it's the unexpected food groups, the unexpected things. What are some of the foods, if you're going to have a picnic or a tailgate, that could get you into trouble if it's not refrigerated or maybe it stays out in the elements a little too long? Basically, anything that's in your refrigerator back home should be kept cold when you're out tailgating or having a picnic or anything like that. So I think some people tend to think that they can just grab like an open condiment from their refrigerator and that should be fine all day. But really, if it's been opened, it needs to stay refrigerated, especially things like egg salad, like you mentioned, meat, cheeses, things like that should all be kept at a cool temperature under 40 degrees. And especially in this heat, you know, things can rise in temperature pretty quickly. So you want to make sure those things stay cold. Sarah Lichtman is a public affairs specialist with the USDA's Food Safety and Inspection Service. She's talking with us a little bit about food safety, food issues. Food poisoning is a serious public health problem in America. The CDC estimates it results in approximately 128,000 hospitalizations, 3,000 deaths each year. And as we were just referring to, within just two hours at room temperature, microorganisms that are growing on food can multiply to dangerous levels and lead to foodborne illness. And I think when kids are going back to college and they're in those first few months of college where they're dealing with that, they often don't store their food properly on a college campus or even grade school, high school kids bringing their food to school. I think a lot of times we don't realize how quick things can change in a short period of time with food. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think for college kids, one of the big things I remember is folks would have a pizza and then leave it out all night and then eat the cold pizza in the morning. Well, we definitely don't want folks doing that. If you have something like pizza in your college dorm, you want to get that in the refrigerator, like you said, within two hours. If it's more than 90 degrees outside, like if you're outside tailgating, you want to get it in the refrigerator within one hour. 
And so that's a big thing for college kids. And as far as, you know, younger kids going back to school, the main thing we want to remind parents is to keep those hot foods hot and cold foods cold. And that means packing your kids lunch in an insulated lunchbox with at least two cold sources. You're listening to Primary Care Today on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough, your host, and we're talking with Sarah Lickman today, and we're talking about food safety issues. And I thought it would be a great show for our audience, primarily because I know in my practice, I don't really talk a lot about food safety with patients. I mean, I may talk about it after the fact, if I get a phone call, or if there's an issue, or something's going on, or maybe if there's something in the news. But it isn't really something that's part of our preventive medicine talk with families, and we don't usually bring it up that much. And yet, it is such a major issue, as we alluded to. What I like is that the USDA has a Food Safe Families campaign. And that campaign, as far as it goes, I understand there's a hotline, there's ways people can reach out for help if they want to get information. Yeah, absolutely. Our Food Safe Family campaign focuses on the four food safety behaviors that we want people to remember to practice when they're preparing food at home. Those four behaviors are clean, separate, cook, and chill. So clean reminds us to keep our hands and kitchen services and utensils clean. Always use a new platter rather than using a platter that held raw meat. Separate those raw meats and poultry from any ready-to-eat foods. Cook your meat and poultry and fish and other egg products to the correct internal temperature. And then make sure you get those things in the refrigerator as soon as possible. And then if anybody has any questions, We do have experts available to talk. The number for that is 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. That's our USDA meat and poultry hotline. So it's M as in meat, P as in poultry hotline. And they're available to take questions if anyone has any questions about what the correct internal temperature for their duck roast is or anything like that. I mean, we're talking about it now in late summer, early fall, that time of season. But really, these are issues all throughout the year. Is this really the period of time, though, where you see most of the problems occurring? You know, the summer is really a tough time for food safety because, as we've mentioned, people are taking food outside more for your picnics and things like that. So we do see an increase in people having questions about how to transport and store and cook those things safely outdoors. And I think the other issue when we talk about our own patients and dealing with them is they might come in with symptoms and the symptoms are often vague. I mean, obviously, if you get food poisoning and there are certain types of food poisoning, you could get vomiting and diarrhea and it hits you really fast. It can come and go. But what are, from your perspective, some of the warning signs and concerns that food poisoning may have occurred or we're worrying about a cluster of food poisoning issues? Well, you know, I think that you hit on some great points there. You know, the symptoms can be vague and I think some folks may just dismiss it and may not even go to the doctor. Um, That's an issue that we see coming up is that folks just think, oh, I have an upset stomach, I'll get over it. And really the only way for us to track where these outbreaks are occurring is if folks do go to the doctor when they're experiencing those symptoms, and those doctors take notes and report that to the public health system. And so it's very important if you are experiencing that vomiting, diarrhea, anything like that, that you do see a physician and you can be tested to see if you have foodborne illness. And obviously, there are different organizations. For instance, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention actually help coordinate issues. They'll have lists of public outbreaks. I know that we've seen, certainly since the Internet and social media and people using Google, that there are more people reporting foodborne illnesses. And 
it seems like word spreads fairly fast, like you're able to get real-time data. Has that been helpful for you in your work and your organization, the fact that it seems that you can get information a bit quicker? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're constantly meeting with CDC and FDA, coordinating our responses to outbreaks and things like that. If there was going to be a concern someone had, can they also call your hotline? Is that where they would report or do they call the CDC? What do you recommend? Absolutely. You know, the hotline is always a great resource. And if we can't answer your question at the hotline, we can certainly direct you to someone who can. And that's the great thing about it. So we can connect you to other resources, such as your local health department, the CDC, the FDA, wherever you need to report that issue, we can connect you that through the meat and poultry hotline. And again, that number is one mp hotline And there's also a foodborne outbreak online database tool you can get through the CDC and others. And as healthcare providers, you want to look out, you can see there's certain tools we can go to that are helpful. And I really think that if you look at the numbers from another perspective, one in six Americans get sick from foodborne illness every year. So this tracking and reporting that Sarah's talking about is essential because you have to really understand how it affects everybody's health and how quick things can spread. And in many cases, this might be the only thing we have. Getting the data from across regions might be the only way we can analyze the data because you can figure things out fast and start to make differences. Because, I mean, from being on the other side of it, treating, it's not a heck of a lot we can do at a certain point in most cases except provide fluids and try to deal with the issues. It's really that prevention, hand-washing, and those things that make the big difference. And obviously cooking, refrigerating, the tips that you talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And another great resource I wanted to mention for both healthcare providers and for consumers is foodsafety.gov. And that has a lot of other great resources when it comes to foodborne illness. And that is a place where CDC and FDA and USDA all coordinate to give the best, most up-to-date food safety information to consumers and healthcare providers. So foodsafety.gov, and that's an opportunity to look. I'm looking at the website right now, and certainly it's got lots of tips. It's got advice, and um, obviously right now you have the food safety checklist for college students, which is right out front to give them a safe semester and, and ideas, because that's the other thing I think that Maybe a lot of our parents and patients, people we talk to, don't think about. We think about all sorts of safety issues. You know, we think about seatbelts, we think about alcohol abuse, things. But a lot of people really don't spend the time thinking about food safety. And parents who may have been taking care of kids for a lot of years, they go off to college. It's really the first time students, uh, to a large extent, might be on their own making those choices or bringing food home from the cafeteria and. You know, not necessarily thinking that back at home, mom and dad had it refrigerated, and they're, like you say, just keeping something in the dorm. Yeah, absolutely. For a lot of students, this is the first time that they're really off on their own and maybe preparing food for themselves. So it is really important to follow those four food food safety behaviors. The other reason why I'm glad you mentioned it is for healthcare providers of all sorts. It talks about outbreaks. For instance, today there's a papaya outbreak. And they're talking about imported papayas contaminated with salmonella. Now, that probably isn't a certain great food group all across the country that everybody's eating papayas. But if you have a group of people that like papayas and they start coming in and you ask them questions, it's good to know that kind of information as you're evolving and growing. And obviously, we think of things like salmonella, which has so many sources. We only have about a minute or so left in the program. Sarah, I want to ask you, are there other things that you wanted to bring up that you thought would be important? No, just to remind parents, again, packing lunches to keep hot foods hot and cold foods cold. I think 
some folks think that you can use a, a paper bag for packed lunches, but we want to remind parents to go ahead and use those insulated bags with at least two cold sources. The other thing I was going to mention is you want to also, if you're talking to your patients about safe temperatures for cooking, they actually now have really lists you can break it down and if they're having burgers and hot dogs and those types of things, making sure that you know you're cooking safely and you're cooking thoroughly and also what types of surfaces you're using. If it I know as we get into football season and people are going to college and pro and high school football games, they do like to tailgate, but that's where also issues can occur because, again, people aren't really thinking necessarily about that type of food safety. And these are just issues to try to prevent problems and to talk to people about it. So I want to thank you, Sarah, for taking the time to join us on Primary Care today on ReachMD. It was a pleasure having you with us. I appreciate all your time that you spent with us. Thank you. appreciate being on the show. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough. If you want to hear this again or if you missed part of the program, you can obviously download the podcast. I'm Dr. Brian McDonough for Primary Care Today on ReachMD. Take care.